The views and opinions expressed on the Untold History Revealed podcast are solely those of the individual stating them and are not necessarily those of the Untold History Revealed owners. Now sit back and grab a cup of coffee or tea as we discuss some moments in history that may have been untold or forgotten. Another episode of Untold History Revealed starts now. Hi, gang, and welcome to another episode of Untold History Revealed. I am your host, Sean Donnelly. And I'm your co-host, Mary Ann Donnelly. Well, let me tell you a little bit about who we are and why we're doing this and what's going on. Uh, Untold History is a podcast that comes out every Wednesday night between 9, 10, 11. We try to hit 9 o'clock. We try. We try. We fail miserably every now and again. Uh, we are the owners of Dark Shadow Ghost Tours and PanicD.com. And over the years and through our travels, we've gathered a lot of paranormal-related, history-related, forensic-related, all kinds of information. So we thought it'd be kind of fun that uh, Marianne and I kind of sit here and talk with each other and put out a podcast once a week. So we started this oh, almost episode 19 i think wow, maybe it's a long time 19 weeks <laughs> still having fun yeah think we'll make 52 will we shoot know. past 52 i don't know some, we haven't missed some, a wednesday yet no some weeks are harder than others to get to get in but well that's life we try i thought okay we'll pick a wednesday then we'll have the weekend that we can actually do the podcast yeah, and do some editing right. and yeah yeah, right. <laughs> well, anyways, we're coming off of a long weekend. We are. Coming off of uh, Labor Day. Yes. And uh, we're going to title this the the Blood Behind Labor Day or something like that. Okay. That'll get some people interested. <laughs> yeah, probably why you click to download this and you're probably going, why what? did I download this? <laughs> Now, we'll get into that here in a minute and talk about the origins of Labor Day and some of the fighting that took place before this became a holiday. Okay. You know, besides having an extra day off, the end of summer celebration, it actually kind of meant something back in the... Back in the day? It back in something? the day. No way. Yeah. yeah. Some people <laughs> lost their lives over it, so... But what do you think about uh, this recent thing with uh, the flights opening up to Cuba? I See, know. I was kind of thinking about doing a podcast on the whole Bay of Pigs and all that stuff and embargo with Cuba and everything like that. And um, Maybe we'll do that later. Maybe. So people kind of understand what's going on. Which is why we we do this. Hopefully it's this is something that's a little educational to some of the younger generations, generations out there or some of the older generations who may have forgot some of this stuff or didn't know some of this stuff. But... Uh, don't have much to say tonight. I, I, I See, really, they they are listening. They're not know, seeing your face. You know, know, you're making yeah. faces and nodding. That doesn't help <laughs> on a podcast. She's nodding yes, folks. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but uh, well, we know that the embargo has been lifted by our current president and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, and, and they are fairly close to us and all. And it's really close. 
I mean, depending on where you are. Went past Cuba. Yeah, d- we actually went uh, this summer to part of the United States, and we were closer to Cuba than we were to parts of the mainland of Florida. I know. We sailed past Cuba. We did. Puerto Rico. We did. But, uh, I don't know. It's kind of interesting, the whole thing. Maybe we'll do that well, this winter or something. what's your opinion on it, then? Well, there was a reason why there was an embargo. I mean, Cuba was, and that's not the point of this podcast, but Cuba was, you know, they were in bed with Russia, and they had missiles that were pretty close to the United States, you know? And we've started to have some issues again yeah. with Russia. I know. So. It's kind of a little scary. It's like, here we go again. But mm-hmm. anyways, that's not the point of this podcast. All right. The point of this podcast is Labor Day. Labor Day. So do you know the origins of Labor Day? Well, I knew some of the things about Labor Day and uh, how the, the people decided to take a day off without pay to go and rally together. Uh, and there's trying some people to now get, that have the day off with pay. But. Right. Try, they were trying to uh, rally together and try to get less hours in the workday, mm-hmm. uh, safer areas to work, not having five-year-olds working in the shops and yeah. things like that you know all, 58, g- all good things 58 you know. hour 60 hour work week which you know wait a minute and then I you know just that. reduction in your pay just because the yeah. you know hey you you know i decided this week you're not gonna get two bits an hour you're gonna get one you know so the purpose of labor day in case people don't know it's a celebration of the american labor workforce um, but let's turn back the clock, so to speak. Okay, we need sound going back in time. All right, so Civil War is over. Yes. And this is the time period between the Civil War and the Great Depression. Okay. What took place in the United States? That is like, well, Civil War is too, but that time frame is like my favorite time frame because this is, we're talking about the industrial era and all that stuff with all those guys out there like Carnegie and J.P. Morgan and all the people who basically formed the nation that we know now. But, you know, these guys were, uh, they weren't real nice, nice guys. They were very wealthy businessmen. And they were for a reason. And basically... They demanded more of their workforce to get things done and make more money. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So. They wanted to get things done. That's right. So the nation ran into some problems, which is what you mentioned. Longer hours, less pay, child labor. Scary conditions. Unsafe work <laughs> conditions. Yeah, we've seen some of that kind of stuff, like with the Sloss Furnace, mm-hmm. where we've researched that. I mean, some of those things that these workers were working around, like you take a step an inch the wrong way, and there goes your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, and we'll talk about this after break, but there was a certain thing that, that went down that brought everything to the head and 
And we got our national holiday. Got our national holiday. Um, so during this time period, while this was going on, unions started to form. That they did. To protect the workers and laborers. And and these, the, the guys that you mentioned earlier, they did not like the unions. Did not like the unions at all. And some of the, some of the gentlemen who ran the unions were, they weren't pleasant people either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to be politically correct, but you know what? This is my podcast. If you don't like what I say, then, you know. But anyways, um, so I can just imagine some of those labor negotiations back in the day. You know what I mean? They tended to get physical once in a while. Oh, absolutely. Um, real bad. A lot of fights. A lot of mm-hmm. strikes. Um, and in fact, Canada, unions were Ill- illegal in Canada at one yes. time. What was that date? In the back 18? in the 1870s. You know. 1870s, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was a huge strike that took place in Canada where all the workers basically said, this this is it, enough's enough. They joined together and had a day off without pay, didn't go to work. Do you have the numbers? Oh, that's in 1872? Okay. So there was a parade in 1872 in Toronto, Canada. And this is where all the workers um, went on strike, had a parade, celebrate workforce up there. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy named Peter McGuire who was invited from the United States to go there. Was it Peter or Matthew? It was Peter. Which one? Okay, so um, Peter was the head of Peter McGuire was the head of the uh, American. Federation of Labor. Federation of the Labor. AFL. He was invited to come up to Canada. This this was after everything was settled. They legalized unions in Canada and everything was settled. So they had a, a national holiday basically up there. They invited Peter up to take a look or, or be a part of the celebration. And he was really impressed. He came back to the United States and kind of proposed the same thing take place in the united states then there was another gentleman named matthew mcguire wonder if they were related i i don't know they could have been but i don't know that they were for sure i haven't heard that he was the member of the knights of labor and he proposed the same thing a national holiday for workers yeah now there's there's dispute over which one of them did it first Right. And so we don't actually have who is the head, uh, who is actually the reason for Labor Day. But yeah, it was one of the one two of the two of them proposed it. it. They both proposed the same thing, but which one did it first? Your guess right. is as good as mine. Now um, I think originally it was just to be a day off work to celebrate, and they picked September because it was kind of in between Thanksgiving and the Fourth of July. So it was kind of like a break in between. You know, most normal people would have said between the 4th of July and Thanksgiving. You did, what did I say? I you went said, backwards? Yeah. Who does that? I, I don't know. My all right. All okay, Anyways. so between the 4th of July and Thanksgiving. That's that better? better. That's better. Thank right. you. 
So that's why they proposed September. Okay. All right. Well, they proposed it, but of course it didn't happen. Um, with the exception of, I think they something happened in, in Manhattan, in New York. Yeah, in, in New York City, uh, a group of 10,000 workers actually did have a parade. They took the day off work without pay, and they marched through the city together um, from City Hall to Union Square as a tribute to the American workforce. And they did that on Tuesday, September 5th of 1882. Okay. And that's... That was in Manhattan, New York City. But how many years was that before Ten. it was a national holiday? Oh, uh, th- well, three, four. Well, no, two. Two, because it was in 1884. Eight, okay. No, I lied. I can't add today. It was a long day. It was 1894 when it became a federal holiday. So it was, so it 12, was 12 years. years. Yeah. So 12 years before it was a national holiday. They began celebrating this day, September 5th, in New York City. Yes. All right. We got that straight now. <laughs> I don't know what that was all about. I'm like, no, two years. No. What? <laughs> <coughs> well, I can imagine that that crazed, created an uproar. Oh, absolutely. With, you know. I mean, these people were already struggling. City. They were already struggling. They're going to take the day off they're gonna get together as a big group and go parade together they're gonna go parade together i'm sure that the uh you know uh, business owners and things like that they were like oh no what are they gonna do well just the ones that were building the the skyscrapers and the rails and the subways and all that just the construction workers say hey we're not coming in yeah and, and that would take away from their you know Pay, but it would also take away from what work was getting done, oh, and absolutely. you know, yeah, shuts a lot of stuff down, puts you behind schedule. Yeah, but you know, I guess. But they were willing to do looking it. at it from the other side. You know, if you give them that day and kind of okay, maybe they won't strike and they come back to work on Tuesday. Okay, I'll live <laughs> with it. You know. True. Instead of dealing with weeks, months, even years of strike and losing contracts and so yeah, on but they so still forth. didn't give them their pay. They still had to go. They got the day off, but without pay. Yeah. Can you imagine Taking us a- having a day without pay, both of us? That would kind of change things a little bit for that week or that month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so anyways, this started 12 years before, and I kind of wanted to get to right before our break, before we started about the bloody part, but uh, I don't know what else to talk about here on this. Oh. Did did you have any more background stuff about that? Well, just, you know, they they started doing this in other cities, too, besides just New York City. Other places around the country started to do the same thing. You're right. You're right. I did see that, that when... This was before Oregon was a state, right? And when they became a state, they declared September 5th Labor Day before it was a national holiday. Um, so some states were starting to join in on that. It wasn't a federal. Thing. Right, it wasn't. 
Uh, and actually, state. New York City was not the first, or New York State was not the first to state adopt to adopt it either. Yeah. Okay. Um, but many cities and then some whole states would start to join in to allow this to happen. And um, Well, some of these union strikes, I mean, it's totally different than what we have today. I mean, today people just go out of work and they might last a couple of days. They just stand outside and pick it and that kind of thing. But these union strikes, I mean, they got violent. Yes. Extremely violent. And, you know, we're going to talk about this after break, but there's one particular one that got really bad. That it did. And, and it uh, caused us to have our national holiday. Yeah. Um, so, you know what? If we don't go a full hour on that, this one, I guess that's okay. So, of course it is. We've gone over enough and oh, many of the other yeah. ones. So. so let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about the bloody okay. part All right. of how this became a holiday. Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. calendars close your doors and turn off all the lights as twice a month bte radio brings you a new episode of the haunted spotlight sean and marianne donnelly of dark shadow ghost tours dig deep into the archives of the panic d database and take you inside a different location with each new episode learn the rich history and hear the paranormal claims of some of the most infamous and unsuspecting locations from around the country Ever wonder what roams the property or lurks behind those closed doors? Curious about the true history of that creepy house that sits down the street? Want to know what evidence a paranormal investigation group may have captured? Then find out every other Sunday and tune in to BTE Radio for another chilling episode of The Haunted Spotlight, if you dare. All right, folks, we are back, and we're talking about the bloody origins of Labor Day. That we are. Are you still awake over there? Yeah. (laughs) All right, so we were talking about how between the Civil War leading up to the Great Recession, you know, how the United States economy was soaring with the Industrial Age. A lot of work available, but cheap pay, long work hours, child labor. Yeah, fire you for pretty much just looking at them funny, not jumping fast enough when they said to. Yeah, Yeah. but if you got fired from one job, you can get another job the next day. It's just still paid, you know, a nickel a week or whatever it was. Yeah. With the exception of one place, okay? Well, first thing, everything coming to a head with the... With a big recession in 1893. 93. Okay. I thought it was 93, but I didn't <laughs> want to say it. Okay. Because then you would have come back and said, no, it's 1883. No, 1893. There was a huge recession. All right. So have you ever heard of Pullman cars? Yeah. Pullman train cars. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Mr. Pullman, do you have his first name? I don't know his first. I think it's George. George. I think it's George. 
this was one of those guys that I was talking about, you know, lots and lots and lots of money. Okay? Uh-huh. He actually had his own town called Pullman, Illinois. Okay. Didn't know that one, did you? No. Well, here's the thing about his little town. All of his workers lived in town. He owned the houses. Probably the stores, too. Yeah. Okay. And based on your level in the company is how big your house was. So there was tract housing for just the general labor. There were, like, Victorian houses for management. And then glorious mansions for, like, the executives, which where he lived as well. Okay. Rent mm-hmm. was taken out of your paycheck. Okay. He set the rent. Of course he did. Okay. You go to the store, you have a little tab at the store, comes out of your paycheck. He set the prices at the store. Okay? Mm-hmm. Everything worked great for about a decade. There's other towns that were like this along the United States, like even with the coal mining yeah, and coal, stuff like I, that. Yeah, coal reminds me a lot of the coal yeah. mining. Yeah. Then this recession hit. So what's this guy going to do? Does he care about his people, his workers? No, he wants to make money. That's right. It's the bottom line. That's right. So the company's not making as much money as it used to. What are we going to do? We're going to raise the rent. We're going to raise prices at the store. Are we raising wages? Absolutely not. And now, and you, or we'll cut their pay and we that's won't, right. but we won't cut their rent. We'll raise their rent and cut their pay. That'll increase the bottom line. <laughs> what are you going to do if your whole family lives there? You don't have the means to move. You're stuck. Absolutely not. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well... In comes the union, led by no other than Mr. Eugene Debs. Now, we could do a whole other podcast on that guy. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people don't even know who he is. No, but, uh, yeah, he was the head of the railroad union, and he come in, and he's getting these people organized, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, this is where it starts to get bloody. Because things just got worse and worse and worse and worse. You have the union coming in telling the workers they don't have to stand for this stuff, fight back, stand up for your rights, that kind of stuff. You have Pullman, who owns the town, saying, hey, I own the play. I can do whatever I want to do. I'm not even going to negotiate with you. Right? Sure. What does What is Pullman responsible for? Just so happens to be the federal mail. Okay, so Pullman rail cars were responsible for freight and passengers, but also mail cars. Okay, that's just how mail was distributed when the railroads were. Okay? Okay. What do we experience now when we try to fly places? We normally have to go to a hub, right? Yes. A lot of times we can't get a. I thought direct flight. Right. I thought you were going. Okay, we have to go through TSA and okay, well, but yeah. yeah, the hub. I get yeah, you. There's okay. Hub. Yeah. Okay. So where do you think the hub is for the mail cars? 
if it's going cross country. Just so happens they run Big through cities. Pullman, Illinois. Okay. Okay. So there's a strike going on with the, with some of the, well, most of the workers, and it gets so bad that they start burning the Pullman cars that has federal mail on it. This wakes up the president, <laughs> who says, "I got to do something about this. We got to put a stop to this strike." And instead of sending in negotiators, he sends in 12,000 federal troops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, this is already, you know, involving 250,000, you know, workers in 25 states. And you're, you're starting to now in, involve the federal process because now you're involving the mail yeah 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 he's gonna he's gonna bring in the big guns yeah not very smart kind of like throwing gasoline on a fire right so what happens basically a war breaks out very nasty one against the strike the union uh workers who are on strike and the military Who's going to lose? The union workers. It's pretty bad. Yeah, those riots was, were were yeah, there not were several going who to lost take their over. lives over it. Yeah, there, there's between twelve and thirty um, cases in that particular riot where where workers were killed. Yeah. President Cleveland was not the most popular at the time to begin with. And it was getting close to re-election, okay? Which, that just tells you right there just that one judgment that he made. Anyways, it's not one of my favorite presidents, by the way. Um, so he realizes his mistake, puts a stop to everything, everything calms down. And he tries to clear everything up, clean everything up. And that's when he declares the National Labor Day holiday. Yeah, it actually was uh, signed into legislation. Um, they they say that it was in July of 1894, but... In May is when the big... Right, May riots. of 1894 was when the Pullman strike and the riots and everything were. And then in June, it was June 28th of 1894 that uh, Congress urged him to... So they urged him. Yeah, they urged him to uh, kind of do something about this labor movement, and they passed an act and uh, passed it on to him, and this made the first Monday in, lab- in September officially Labor Day. National um, Labor. So the, it was official in July, but I guess they were... Signing some documents the end of June, but um, if those individuals would not have had such a big giant riot and all those people killed and all the uh, military, not, I mean, it's not a lot of people, 12 people, but it's people. It's a lot of people. It was people who were sticking up for their rights. Right. 
Right. That were you know, killed. When you, it, when you think of things in the grand scheme of things, in, in a war, <coughs> you usually lose a lot more lives than that. Right. So it's not like it was a big, giant war, but it was 12 workers mm-hmm. who were just saying, hey, we should have better conditions, and uh, we, we expect to be paid what we're told that we're going to be paid. And you can't just take our pay away because you didn't make enough this week. So the outcome of the the whole fallout of everything, I mean, we now have a 40-hour work week. We have national holidays. Labor Day is one of them. That's a paid holiday. Mm -hmm. Child labor laws. Eight-hour work work days. Um, There's some that say that that's why our workforce is different than other countries. There's some that take that stand. There's some that say that's what makes America great is because we go to work and we have time with our friends and family and we get paid a decent wage. However, when, you know, I'm going a different direction now, okay, so when when uh, these big steel mills and all these other uh, factories and stuff closed down and they moved the labor force, which is dying in America, folks. They move it overseas to these people or not or other countries that don't have these laws that we have in the United States where these com- companies could make a better profit. But at least we got Labor Day off. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, mo- most people don't just don't realize that that's how we got the official national holiday right. is. So that's because of these the deaths. blood behind Labor Day. Yeah, was that yeah. Pullman I mean, train car strike? If they hadn't done that, where do <clears throat> you think we'd be now? Well, it, it, you know, it's hard to say. I, re- I remember in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, unions were pretty strong, pretty big. Um, now, it's like, you know, we don't have the industrial or industries that we used to have in America as strong as they were. Um, when it was not that long ago, we had to bail out the car companies. You know, and you said, here's a prime example. You you know, you said we were in the uh, Bahamas this summer on Grand Turk. What did that guy tell us? They could buy cars directly from Japan that sell here in the United States for anywhere from eighteen to twenty thousand dollars. They buy them directly from Japan for seven hundred bucks cash. Right. You know. Yeah. What's that tell you? We're losing that money there from other countries that could be buying from the United States. And, of course, the United States is closer to the Grand Turk than Japan is. Absolutely. But yet they just get a cargo boat that comes in full of cars and they buy them right off the boat. I think he said it was like, what, $1,000 or $1,500 to ship it there from Japan. $1,500 to ship, $700 (laughs) for the car. But it's the same car we would buy in the United States anywhere from eighteen to twenty thousand dollars. Right. 
yeah. So will it ever get better in our lifetime? Probably not. Hopefully it will. Economy. I don't know. That's a whole different topic. I don't want to go there with this. Well, we're celebrating Labor Day. Woo. Yeah. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I I think I think I'll lose us a few more fans. But <laughs> but you know, we have some industry in this country that they didn't necessarily have the greatest wage they because of what they actually do. Okay. What do you and mean? uh now those jobs were theoretically supposed to be for teeny boppers, you know, little kids and oh, their first job, oh, I'm going to, you know, save up a little money and get a a car or a bicycle or whatever I want to get. Mm-hmm. And now they're not available to they're not available to the teens and the adults have them and the adults are saying well i need a better wage to live on and so they're ra- they you. keep raising minimum the minimum wage but what a lot of people don't i don't think think about is you raise the minimum wage for those types of jobs well, that's great for those people but now um, where's that money going to come from? So they have to, has to come from charge more for the product. And so it's just this big cycle yeah. and they're not getting anywhere. But those jobs That's why you pay were, $6 for a hamburger. Yeah, those jobs were not designed, designed for the older population. When they came out, it was like, oh, we're going to have some like cheap you know, fast food or whatever – and and they're like, oh, this is great. And then the kids can work, and they have some place to go and hang out. And you know, if they are there, they're not. And they out learn how to handle trouble. money. They learn how to handle money. But the thing is, there aren't enough of the big industry jobs yeah, now fact, because we've gotten jobs. rid of those factory jobs and things like that. The bigger industry, we've shipped out. We've outsourced those. And so now, since there aren't those jobs, those people who would have that are now working in the teeny bopper And here's land. the thing, too, is those jobs that have been shipped out, you don't see a reduction in the price of those products. Right. So, you know, when that came to become law... <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go there. Somebody was either taking a payoff or somebody didn't totally think it through. You know, and the only way to turn around this nation and get back to being a strong nation is to get rid of those jobs overseas, get rid of that type of product creation and bring that back to the United States. That's my opinion because yeah, everything falls in line. Right, but with our world economy, is that really feasible anymore? Now that the world is as small as it is, is that really feasible anymore? Well, it's help, helping other nations. However, here's the thing to look at. <clears throat> I can understand outsourcing things to make things cheaper. However, there should also be laws that... Those countries that we're outsourcing to should have the same type of labor laws that we have in the United States. 
or you cannot use that country. You see what I'm getting at? Now, if that was in effect, then that labor would not be cheaper. Then that company would say, hey, wait a minute, it's actually cheaper to do in the United States than to have that product made over there and have it shipped back to the United States to sell to Americans. Yeah, but it's not just the American companies that are no, going out there. We make a I joke mean, about our tennis shoes being made by you know some five-year-old or, or something like that. But that's a reality. Because they don't have child labor laws. Right. Or they don't have laws where you only work 40 hours a week. They're working 60, right. 70 hours a week you know, but we for can't, a dollar. Yeah, but we we can't force other countries to do our, our will. No, but we can make laws for those companies that go over there to right. do that and say you cannot bring those products back in the United States unless those workers follow the same laws as the United States. That's just my opinion on the whole thing then that way they would say, hey, wait a minute, maybe we do bring that back to the United States. Now, if you want to go even a step further, okay, there are certain jobs in the United States that Americans don't want to touch. Okay? This is why you have all these immigrants that come over and say, hey, we'll do it for five cents an hour, we'll pick oranges or do what work out in the fields or whatever for cheap labor. And then you have the that whole thing and, you know, then you have some politicians i'm going to build a wall and keep the people out and uh, yeah it's all big can look at the whole big picture but you know here's just you and i sitting here at our table doing a little podcast nobody's gonna care but we would like to hear your opinion like that little segue oh yeah (laughs) you can drop us a line by going to our blog site which is untoldhistoryrevealed.blogspot.com you know, I have a feeling we're going to get some comments on this one. Hey, I, you know, <laughs> the, we're in America. We have a right to our opinion, and I would love to hear others' opinions about the, the topic. There's probably 20,000, 30,000 people out there that think I'm completely wrong. And you know what? They have a right to that. But I'd like to hear from a couple of them. Okay. If you drop us a line, we're going to throw this out there. We will read it on our next podcast. So, if you send us something and you want to remain anonymous, please put in that little message that you want to remain anonymous. Um, But if you go to our blog site and scroll down on the right-hand side, there's a little form that you can fill out, and it'll send us an email. Um, Love to get one or two. Be nice. (laughs) But I think for now... uh, we're going to wrap this up. Maybe go get some dinner. Ooh, have food. Some dinner. Yeah. Food's good. I had to stop her munching on some banana chips so I we was. could make this recording. I was. I was chewing them, and you're like, are so, you done now? I Can we start? <laughs> I think you might be hungry. I'm getting there. All right, so till next time, uh, I hope you have a great evening. Hope I didn't offend anybody, but have a great evening. Thanks for listening. been listening to Untold History Revealed.